in here loves Jesus? Do we have some Jesus-loving folks in here this morning? Uh, that praise and worship was awesome, awesome this morning. And how many of you have enjoyed the series that Pastor Marvin has been doing and Pastor Rusty last week? Donnie and I caught his message traveling, and it was awesome. Um, my message this morning is right in line with that. And what I want to do, um, really, you know, the Lord, he, he kind of works on you, and I didn't know this until just really yesterday that he was going to have me share a little bit of my testimony. So as I'm going through the message this morning, you guys are going to get a little glimpse of my life here and there. So I, especially in worship this morning, we were worshiping and just loving on Jesus. I can remember a time when I did not know who Jesus was. I heard about him. I heard about God. Um, but I had not seen a lot of really good examples of godly living. I grew up in a family that was had a lot of divorce in it, a lot of addiction in it. Needless to say, I saw very little of, of the Lord in my life. But when I was 30 years old, praise God, I had some folks that I know that I know that the Lord was just working on to share the gospel with me. So what they were doing was every time they would come to my place of employment, which was a little restaurant, they were um, inviting me to church. Hey, come to church. Hey, um, you know, it's a really nice church. Come on in. So and I kept saying there's no way. And I think this is for someone this morning. Maybe someone's in church this morning and you are uneasy about coming. Um, but they kept working on me and working on me. And to be honest with you, in my flesh, I was a little annoyed. I was like, why do these people keep inviting me to church? Because I didn't know. I had no idea. Um, but I am so thankful that they did because I eventually took that invitation up and I went to church with those folks. And within a few weeks, I gave my life to Christ. And that was the best decision of my life. But in that, talk about conforming to the world. I was completely conformed to the world. I needed a lot of transforming. And it was at that point, really right off the bat, that the Lord started working on me. I got such a hunger for his word. I, I think within six months I had read the Bible completely through and started on it again. And in that, he was surrounding me with folks to start encouraging me, teaching me, mentoring me. So those of you out there that God may be making divinely connections with you, uh, don't take those for granted. You never know whose life you're going to be influencing. For me, I was a single mama, single mama. All you single mamas out there, just I want to encourage you and say your situation is temporary because we serve an amazing, amazing, amazing God. But I was, I was a single mom when I met the Lord. Raising two little boys, I think they were maybe six and nine, seven and ten, something like that. So, um, and I'm just going to put it out there: I was heavy into drinking. I was, I was, I was bound. Sin had me bound. I was bound by alcohol. It was in my family, and I, I think someone needs to hear this as well. After I got saved, I was still drinking. I was still picking up the booze. Here's the thing. After you get saved, you still have some things in you that God needs to help you get out of. So if you're still in some stuff that you're walking through, don't let the devil beat you up and say you're never going to make it. God can't do anything with your life. You're, you're always going to be that person who's bound. That's not true. That is a lie from the pit of hell. 
because I can tell you in my own life, I, I was still messing up. I had a horrible mouth. <laughs> thank, thank God. God is so merciful, guys. He is so merciful. I had a horrible mouth, bound, bound to alcohol, and probably within the first year of my salvation, I ended up in a situation where I ended up horribly, horribly drunk, and I tried to take my life. And I was saved. I had been walking with the Lord for a year. But I was learning. But I was still bound. I was still bound to that, to that addiction. And I tried to take my life. My husband, who at that time was not a husband, he was my boyfriend. <laughs> um, he was there with me when that happened. And um, I just feel like there are people here this morning that need to know that the situation you're in is just temporary. Yeah. It is so temporary. For me, I tried to take my life. I remember waking up the next morning, and this was so important. It was a pivotal, pivotal point in my life. I woke up the next morning, and I remember just falling to my knees and crying out to God and saying, Oh, God, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Because... What was different this time was in the past when I had done some of the things that I had just done, I was embarrassed. I, I, you know, had to apologize for, to folks for things I might have done or just, I, you know, it was just a bad situation. But this time, I felt like I had broken God's heart. I really felt like I would broken his heart. So what I did was cry out to him and I said, God, please, 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 just take this, take this addiction away from me. And church, I want you to know that he did. Yeah. He delivered me. He delivered me that moment. I didn't have a craving. I didn't have any, um, what do you call it? Withdrawal. withdrawal. There you go, no withdrawals. I mean, he was so merciful that he delivered me on the spot. But what I also know is that that doesn't happen for everyone. That does not happen for all of us. Some, sometimes you don't get immediate deliverance, but it doesn't mean that God's not working. He's still working. Sometimes he's going to walk you through that. So if you're going through something this morning, whether it be addiction, something relate with relationships or whatever, that you feel bound, just know that you're not alone. God is with you. And if you'll cry out to him, and the thing is with a pure heart, with a heart that you know what, he's the only one I want to hear the answer from, then he's going to answer you and he's going to walk, walk through that journey with you. He's, he's not ever, ever going to leave you. He's not ever, ever going to forsake you. So with that introduction, let's get in. Let's get into the message. So I, I actually have three points I want to bring to you this morning. Um, one of them is that you are who God says you are. Okay, you are who God says you are. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. For me, a single mama, raising two boys, um, coming out of some of the things I was coming out of, it truly was a new life. I was learning new things. And one of the key things that I want to bring to you guys this morning is when you're new in the Lord, what you have to do is understand that there are certain mindsets you have, there are certain habits you've picked up along the way that you may not realize are controlling your life, they're controlling your days, they're controlling the decisions you make, 
And when you start getting in God's word, you've got to let him mold you and you've got to let him shape you because you're not the old man. You're not what the enemy says. The enemy says you're a loser. The enemy says that that you can't overcome. The enemy says that you're, you're going to fail at everything you do. But God says, no, that's not true. You're not a loser. You're a victor. You're an overcomer. And if you'll let me, I will help you over- overcome. He says, I will help you. I'll walk you through it. If I had time this morning to share with you all the things he's walked my husband and I through in the past 20 years, we'd be here a while. But, but, but just to say, he's that good. He is that good. And if there's anyone here this morning who's, who really doesn't know the Lord, I'm telling you, make a decision to come to him. Come to the Lord. You're not going to be disappointed. He, he's not just a name in a book in the Bible. He's a real person, and it's a relationship. He cares about your life. He cares about your well-being, and he's here to help us if we'll let him. Uh, Romans 12.1 tells us, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights in his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. The word surrender is used in this uh, scripture, but surrender can also mean yield. It can mean yield. So who are you yielding to? Me, before I came to the Lord, I was yielding to the ways of the world. I was yielding to all of the negative uh, mindsets, the things that I had grown up and learned that were completely contrary to God's word. So in your life, you can think about that. What what am I listening to that doesn't agree with God's word? What, What am I doing in my life or what decisions have I made that haven't been based on God's word that I need to tune my ear to him and I need to hear what he's he's wanting me to do Amen. Uh, Romans six twenty two says but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God you have your fruit to holiness in the end everlasting having become free having become free from being a slave to sin now some of you guys may say well I'm not I've never had an addiction. I've never really had anything like that going on. Well, let me ask you, do you have some um, thoughts that don't line up with God's word? Do you have some beliefs that aren't built on God's word? You're enslaved to those things. And what you're enslaved to is going to guide you and direct you and move your life. So you want to make sure that you're lining up with God's word. Everyone good? God's still good. Second point. You guys ready for the second point? You want to yield to God. You want to let him build. You want to let him build. Okay? And I don't, what what I mean is you want to let him build your life. You want to let him take care of um, building who you are, the person that that you're meant to be. Ephesians 5.27 tells us, All that he does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, without fault or flaw. So he's doing a work in us. He's making us. And what I was thinking about yesterday is think about new construction, think about buildings. I've heard some horrendous stories about people who have bought new homes. And then a year or two later, these brand new homes are falling apart. Why are these new homes falling apart? Well, it's probably because something in those new homes wasn't of good quality. Uh, They weren't taking care when they were building it. 
And I thought about that in comparison to our lives. How often do we allow influences into our lives? We, we allow maybe certain teachings into our lives. We allow people to speak into our lives who are not speaking God's word. Okay? We need to let him build. We don't need to be let, letting others build. Uh, I've always been, another little tidbit about myself, um, try to be a people pleaser, and that's really not godly either. You should want to please him first. But it's because I like to see people happy, and sometimes I'll put my own needs aside to make sure others are happy. That's a, a fault I'm still working on. Who else in here is a work in progress? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, in doing that, sometimes what happens is you're letting others mold and shape you instead of letting God mold and shape you. If you will genuinely submit to him, then he's going to be doing the work in you. He's going to be molding you, and he is going to be shaping you. Okay? Yeah. Romans 12, 2 again. I love it out of the... Um, Trash, uh, the trashing, the pa the trashing, the passion translation. You guys listen to this. This I love the way it's worded. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Stop imitating and um, stop imitating the culture. Oh my goodness, if I could do parenting over again, I have two, we actually have four, four grown kids, a lot of grandkids. If I could do parenting over again, oh, I would just wanna, I would just wanna tell them, guys, you're not what the people on TV say you are. You're not what the, the, the news is saying you are. You're not that. What you are is what God says you are. And just, I don't know, I have it on my heart right now to speak to young ladies. Young ladies, you know, sometimes you feel like you get put on the back burner. Um, a lot of other folks get all the attention or whatever, and the world tells you you've got to look a certain way. You've got to weigh a certain weight. You've got, you've got to do something to be important. That's not what God says. God loves his daughters, and you're beautiful in, in his eyes. This body, although some, some of us can do a little better, <laughs> this, this body is simply a vessel. It's simply a vessel that's carrying you. You're the person on the inside. You're the person on the inside, and don't let what you see in the mirror dictate how you're going to live your life. Just because you don't look the way everyone else says you need to look does not mean that you don't have value. It doesn't mean that you're, you don't have worth. If you can see yourself the way God sees you, he sees you as precious, precious gems. Precious gems. Precious. And he looks at you, and he's just, he's just filled with joy. I just think someone needs to hear that this morning, that you have worth. You've got worth. It doesn't matter what so-and-so said or so-and-so did. You have worth. And if you listen to him, he's going to speak that over you. 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us, and, and I want to tell you, this, this, this scripture here, 2 Corinthians 10.5, has been a staple for me for about the last two years and especially this last year. Anyone had fun in 2020? 
Has this been a fun year? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, this this scripture is is such a tool. It is a tool, and it's something that God gives us that we can do to help us through tough times. And I don't think there's anyone in this room who hasn't been through some tough times in, in this last year especially. And it tells us we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance against the true knowledge of God. We capture like a prisoner of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. And I like that word insist because sometimes you've got to get tough with the devil when he starts whispering in your ear. Sometimes you've got to put him in your place. I had to learn I had to learn to do that. I've always had kind of a timid personality unless you unless you back me into a corner. That's always been my personality. But again, work in progress. The Lord's been doing a work in me and telling me quit being so timid. You need to step forth in some areas and put the devil in his place. Because he'll whisper and he'll whisper and he'll tell you little eyes and he'll he'll tell you these things about yourself that are 100% contrary to what God says. And he gives us the power with our voice and what we know of him to speak out truth. And that truth stomps on the enemy's head. So you have the power, church. We have the power. That's the kind of God we serve, a God that gives us what we need to overcome. These, that, that scripture I just read, that is like a tool in your arsenal belt. Is that a real thing? <laughs> arsenal belt. That is a tool that you can pull out when you're wrestling with things and those thoughts are in your head. You can pull that out and you can take that thought, literally take it captive and say, no, not today, Satan. I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it. You may say that, but this is what God says. Let me just settle there for a minute. Is it a job situation? Is it a job situation that you're struggling with? Is the enemy telling you uh, you're never going to make it? Uh, the, or maybe it, maybe it might be a promotion on the job or it may be you need a job. Is the enemy whispering lies to you in that job situation? Amen. Think about that. So what do you do when that happens? You take that tool out and you say, no, uh-uh, enemy. My God is my supplier, and I know that because his word says so, and I'm standing on his word. And what you do is you take a firm stand on his word, and you refuse to budge. Because the, I'm telling you what will happen. The enemy will come back and whisper again. You'll have a little victory party where you say, yeah, I stomped on the devil's head. And then, <laughs> just being honest. And then a few hours later, those thoughts, are they're going to pop up again. And you've got to take that thought captive again. I'm telling you, church, you might have to take that thought captive 10, 20, or maybe even 50 times before it quits trying to come in and interrupt you. But you keep doing it, and you're going to see victory. You're going to see victory. So let's, uh, let's talk about the third point I want to bring to you this morning. It's kind of a fun one. Don't settle for interior, inferior, inferior building materials. Ephesians 2, 21 through 22 tells us this entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it is raised up and completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. 
don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But God's doing a work on you. If you'll let him, he's working in you this morning. If you'll let him, he's going to continue working in you the rest of this day, the rest of this week. He's going to continue. Just, just yield to him. Submit to him. I want to go on to another one of our key scriptures. And then I want to share just a little bit on it. First Timothy 4, 1 through 2. The Holy Spirit is explicitly revealed at the end of this age. Many will depart from the true faith one after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Hypocritical liars will deceive many and their consciences won't bother them at all. I got to thinking about departing from the true faith and then I got to thinking about building and houses and along those lines. Several years ago, 10 or 15 years ago, my husband and I decided to take on remodeling a nearly 100-year-old home. Wow. <laughs> Needless to say, that project lasted, it lasted and lasted, and then we finally said, okay, we're done. <laughs> but but what's, what's really cool about it is in that part of our journey, God taught me so much through that. Yes, in remodeling a house, he can teach you. As we were tearing into that house, tearing into the floors, um, the foundation was really bad. It was really messed up. And it seemed like the more we tore into this house, the more damage we saw. The more flooring we pulled up, the more rotten boards. The more walls we pulled out, the more termite damage. The, the trying to restore old chimneys that by the way, we actually had a kid get stuck in, <laughs> part of the journey, <laughs> um, had to end up removing a beautiful chimney because of the damage. What does this have to do with letting the Lord transform you? What, what it has to do with is, I thought about that from a spiritual standpoint. You know, when you come to the Lord, like I told you a little bit about how I came to the Lord, you come to him with a lot of mindsets and a lot of attitudes that you think are okay. You, because they're you. And really, they could be, that's, I've heard a lot of people say, that's how my family is. That's how we are. And, and that's true. That's how you are. But if you want to be God's version of you, which church, that's the best version you can possibly be, and you submit to him and you yield to him, there's going to be work along the way, spiritual work. Just like that old house that we were tearing into and there was all this stuff that we kept having to fix and replace and do this and do that. When God starts doing a work in your heart, there's going to be things, if you'll listen to him, that start popping up where he says to you, whoa, watch that attitude. Whoa. Hey, hey, are you walking in love with this? Are you walking in love? You may get mad at someone at work. You may have a work, an issue at work and you think, Boy, I'm right in this situation, I'm right. You go home, you get along with God, and you get quiet with him, and all of a sudden, he says, where's your heart in this? Amen. And you have to go back and apologize to the very person you thought needed to apologize to you. It could be a marriage. It could be a marriage that, you know, I guess I'm a little more old-fashioned than I thought I was, but, <laughs> yeah, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> a little more old-fashioned than I thought I was. But uh, we need to treat our spouses with respect. And we live in a world that does not honor spouses. It doesn't honor men. It doesn't honor 
the roles of a, a husband and a wife, and that goes along with the inferior building materials. If you're if you're lining your marriage up against what Hollywood says a successful marriage looks like, then you're going to fail. But if you're taking it to God's word and lining up with God's word and doing what He tells you to do, you're going to be humbled in a lot of situations. Your 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 pride's going to get stepped on, but in the end, you're going to have success. Okay. There's building. There's repairing. And a lot of the repairing along my journey, just another little tidbit, because of the situation I grew up in, I, I, I don't think I cried till I was probably 30, 30, well, when I came to the Lord, 33, 34 years old, because I was taught as a child it was a weakness. You don't do it. You don't show it. It's a weakness. But I grew up in an abusive home, and to cry a lot of times brought on more abuse. So I learned not to do it. That was a bad mindset. That was a bad teaching that the Lord wanted me to get out of. And I remember the first time that I cried, just me and him, I can't tell you the freedom I felt. I can't tell you the healing, the healing that came in that. That it's okay to cry to God. It's okay to pour your heart out to him. It's okay to let him speak to you. You know, God has corrected me a lot in my life. Correction's never fun, but it's always, always profitable, church. It's always profitable. So this past year has been a tough year for everyone. I think everyone's going to remember 2020. But for me, my journey in it and, and helping me to keep my head on straight and helping me not to succumb to the worry, because I'm telling you, there is a spirit of fear out there that's trying to get you to live in fear, walk in fear, and worry. And, and keeping me from succumbing to that and keeping me to, and, and, I haven't, and I haven't succeeded completely in all of it. I've had some bad days. But what's good about God is when you have those bad days, you can still get along with him. And he's going to pick you up and he's going to comfort you. And, he, you know, he doesn't remember our failures like we do. He doesn't remind us of our failures like we do. But he'll pick us up and he'll put us right back on that path. And he'll lead us. To that perfect place that he, he has for us. I want to close with Matthew 7, 24 and 27. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teachings and does not apply it to their life can be compared to a foolish man. Some versions actually say stupid. I'm not calling y'all stupid. <laughs> but some, a foolish man who built his house on the sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came, the wind and the waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and it swept away. This has been a tough year. God's plan for us is to, to have that firm foundation. His plan for us is that we stand because I believe that we're living in a time where there's going to be many coming into the kingdom. There's going to be many souls coming into the kingdom and he's going to need us strong because we're going to be the ones encouraging. We're going to be the ones speaking life to them and all they've known is death. We're going to be the ones with the hands reaching out, giving them a hand when they've never known it before. We're going to be his church. God's doing the work in his church, in us individually and in the bodies, I believe. And he's, he's, if you'll let him, he'll do a work in your life and he'll use you. Amen. 
and we'll be the ones in the house built on firm foundation and we'll stand. Amen. Amen.